0: And welcome to the TV Forum's podcast for the 7th of October 2015 and joining me on this edition
1: our news editor Mark Hodgkinson my dad always said that there's 24 usable hours in every day
2: and audio reviewer ed selly i don't feel i need to explain my arts to you warren welcome along
0: and before we go any further uh, just a reminder that the uh, podcast like steve this week uh, will be taking a week's holiday and we are not around next week we're back on the 21st of october right let's crack on with uh, this week's show and uh, straight away competitions mark tell us what we can win
1: it's good good week for competitions this. Yes. Um right, first of all, we have an Android Shield TV from Nvidia which is come courtesy of Scan and that one closes on the 6th of November. Comes with a controller and everything. And we've also got a Denon AVR-X2200 Dolby Atmos capable AV receiver courtesy of Seven Oaks and that one closes Tuesday the 20th of October.
0: And to join these competitions, where should people head?
1: At AVforums.com forward slash competitions.
0: And uh, moving on, previous winners? Anybody? Yeah,
1: yeah. two previous winners. or recipients of Blu rays. And we have forum regular Mooperman, who picked up Last of the Mohicans. And enormous. that's not enormous, Enormous. won. He got Beetlejuice.
0: Do you think that was a spelling mistake?
1: I don't know. <laughs> It'd be a big spelling mistake looking at it closer. Yeah i think okay. it's deliberate right
0: well uh, well done to uh competition winners and uh, like mark says android tv from nvidia and uh, that Denon app get yourselves in there and uh, get the competitions won okay so moving on let's start with uh an interesting story because i can see both sides of uh, of the argument here but amazon have decided that they're going to ban selling other media streaming boxes namely from uh, apple and google and this you can see why
2: yeah, I mean, why? Why, in any way, shape, or form, assist the competition when you've got a, a fairly expensive platform to market and sell?
0: Well, the other flip of the coin is that, well, why doesn't Amazon put their their streaming services onto these other boxes?
2: Yes, um, I mean, this, that that's that. I suppose is a more pertinent one, and I confess, not, not I hadn't actually looked at it that way round, but I guess whether it's a, a, I mean, it sounds a bit sort of a peculiar thing to say given that we, we we were talking only a couple of weeks ago about the issues that netflix has on the, the fire tv fire tv stick in terms of juddering and stuff but i it it could be as simple as just in trying to ensure that no that the service is as you know as, as slick as it is possible to be and and that sort of lives or dies on the hardware I and mean, just ensuring that they are using hardware that they're happy with and not having to make allowances for other people's.
0: Yeah, I suppose there is that. Um, but other than Apple and Google, Mark, um, I noticed that Roku is still going to be for sale, yet Roku in the UK doesn't have Amazon Prime on it.
1: Yeah, um, it does in the US. I, I think this is a US-led story, isn't it? I, I'm not sure. It, it's likely, I guess, but they, they're definitely still selling the Rokus. Um, but that's never had, never had uh, Amazon service my in the UK.
0: My understanding is it's the UK because it was on the BBC, wasn't it?
1: Oh well, yeah. Well, mm. uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's probably, it's, it's likely to be both, I would think. But um, it would seem very odd not to, not to ban sales of the Roku Three as well, because that's you know a, a, a complete direct competitor to the Fire.
0: Yeah, but it, it seems to be just these boxes that they they are banning because obviously if you look at other things like the Xbox, they're letting that go.
1: Basically. Yeah, I guess they're not looking that as a direct competition. I mean, obviously, a games console's considerably more expensive than a Fire TV. So you know, it's another two hundred odd pounds to get yourself one of those that will that will play uh, Amazon content. So I guess it's not a direct competitor, and, and they're happy to let that go. Of course, they also sell an awful lot of them. So <laughs> I'm guessing that's another reason why they're not bailing sales on those.
0: I think the the only device I've seen that has everything on it, you know, Netflix, Amazon, uh, so on, Now TV, and and that, is uh, LG. Blu ray players.
1: LG yeah. Blu ray players are the place to go, I think, if you want all the mainstream ser- uh, streaming services in one place. And it does, they do Spotify as well. So, you know, for less than 100 quid, you've got yourself a nice little media box that plays discs. But is in fact, that, that's how I looked at the last Blu ray player I, I reviewed, really.
0: But is that, is that going to last? Because, you know, are we going to see Amazon turning around and saying, oh, by the way, we're, we're withdrawing our app from these other devices and you it's, can only get Well, Amazon. we've
1: seen it happen already on the older LG kit. So, yeah, it could happen. But I don't think, I, I can't see an LG Blu-ray player really cannibalising sales of, a, of the Fire TV. It's, um, it's in a different category on Amazon, for one. So, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, people that don't know that the LG players do all that won't be, probably won't be looking into the possibility that they do, if you see what I mean.
0: I guess the, the other way of looking at it is, and Ed touched on this, you know, the hardware side of things. You know, does Amazon want their app running on a box which can't handle the, the quality that, that they want to get across uh, well, it, with the streaming the, services?
1: They're happy enough to re- release a, an Amazon app for Android uh, devices, so that wouldn't seem to be the case because there's no more unpredictable platform than that. Okay. Yeah, but isn't
2: it one thing? Uh, it, it, sorry, again, we're, we're having problems with sentences. <laughs> um, do they offer the full range of sort of services and features on that app, or do they sort of cut it back? Because
1: it's cut you, back depending on your device. Yeah.
2: you do find with Android apps that they 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 often Miss features out that, that 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 are added to iOS and the like simply because um, for every person brandishing uh, you know a Galaxy S five or whatever or or something e- equally pacey, there's someone with with you know a three year old huddle with with dementia, and um, yeah. that it's just not going to do it. Yeah, well. there's a
1: limited number of you know well supported Android devices that get HD and and all the rest of it and, and all the nice treatment and the rest just get standard deaf crap.
0: What about um, the set-top boxes and PVRs these days? I, mean, I, I know it's the BT box does Netflix and so on, but is Amazon on any of these boxes?
1: Not, I'm aware of. Netflix is on Uview as well. I don't think Amazon's on any of those platforms. Right. So
2: so
0: basically what they're trying to do here then, Ed, is push the Fire TV um, as the only place to really get this service when it comes to a small streaming box.
2: That would appear to be it. Now, what we don't know, um, I mean, historically... Uh, Amazon have been more Google than Apple in this regard. They, um, I don't think they've ever seen fit to try and make any significant money off off their hardware. And nothing on the pricing of the Fire TV suggests that it's going to make them a fortune. But whether it's a case of just ensuring that they maximise that, um, but then also just mainly um, push their own ecosystem uh, I guess, short of kidnapping Jeff Bezos, I don't know if I'm going to find that out.
1: No, I, I can't see them making a great deal of profit on the hardware, but they might turn a, a turn a small profit for the volumes they sell it in. But, um, yeah, it's all about keeping you keeping you in Amazon. Don't don't touch that dial. Buy everything here.
2: Yeah.
0: The Fire TV is out f- this week, isn't Today? it? Today. Today, at the time of recording, the 5th of uh, October. Um, you got one on order?
1: Yes. I don't, personally. Actually, but- I've got one on order.
0: You have, Mark, have you? I have. To go with your jelly beans.
1: To go with my jelly beans and my large collection of batteries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Looking forward to getting this in? Do you think it'll be a, a bit of a game changer?
1: Game changer? No. No, I don't think it'll be a game changer. The, more, the, the original Fire TV was more of that. It's just a, an improvement, and extension on, on what's already there. So not a game changer, but certainly should be a cracking little box.
0: Okay, and uh, NVIDIA? have uh, released their shield Android TV um, one whisk in its way as we speak to you for review mm-hmm. um, is this a game changer
1: could be It's 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 a souped up version of the fire TV to all intents and purposes um, it's got 4k capability but it does it up to 60 frames per second so when and it's got Netflix 4k service as well obviously it hasn't got Amazon and, and won't have uh, it's got direct integration with well the Kodi developers uh, are, are produce special versions for it uh, it does 23.967 um, frames per second properly apparently um, it's it is with the latest update it can support uh, 7.1 HD audio which the fire TV cannot it's plays. it's got a much more powerful processor uh, and You can even stream uh, PC-quality games from your NVIDIA gaming rig. And they're also launching a Netflix for games style, I think it's called GeForce, uh, game streaming service with some apparently 1080p PC-quality streaming available. Um, It's got three gigabytes of RAM compared to one gigabyte of RAM in virtually all the rest. So it'll be lightning fast. It's got an SSD drive. On the on the 16 gigabyte model, so that should make it extra silky. Uh, it's got US, two USB 3 ports, micro SD card slot. Comes with a fully um, fully functional game controller of console quality by the looks of it. And you're going to get it for 150 quid, so it's 70 pounds more than the Fire TV. But if you want the ultimate in performance, it's looking like the way to go.
0: And of course, you're going to have both these boxes, bit of a head-to-head coming up.
1: Definite head to head would be rude not to. I think with them in the same in the same release window and being in the house at the same time. So yeah, that's a that's a for sure head to head proper death match. Proper. <laughs>
0: um, which one would you go for, Ed?
2: I would. I, I this is not a cop out answer. I I would really I would want to see Mark's findings, not least because um, I don't have very much experience at all with these Android TV boxes. So firstly, I want to see if the Nvidia is. A straightforward and easy to follow piece of equipment. Then I'll, I'll approach it with no mind. I'll I will choose wh- whichever one he anoints as the best.
1: It doesn't come with a standard remote. It only comes with the game controller, which I find slightly odd. Um, if you want the the remote control, that's another forty quid.
2: Can forty you quid for do, Is there an app? For other devices, for
1: presumably you can. There will be some. I, I don't think there's dedicated. Absolutely, no mention of it.
2: No, oh, you see yeah. that, that. I have to be honest. That would be an issue. Um, so, remote controls. I don't know what's like. If you think back to these dark days, Mark. Remote controls in my house. They they're in a drawer because uh, otherwise they would be destroyed. Uh, essentially, everything has to be controlled <laughs> off an iPad uh, yeah. or it's doomed. So
1: <laughs> uh, that's an unknown to me. To be honest, Ed. I, I'm not sure. Uh, as far as my research goes, which has been extensive since june i can't remember seeing any mention of a an ios app or indeed mm. an android app for control so you no know. and i don't think our games controller is clearly not a favorable device for controlling a tv box they're obviously no. big on selling this gaming capability uh, with it but obviously it's it well also, i just
2: think just think back to the dark days of using ps2s for dvd and ps3s for blu-rays trying to control them with the it's and, not right, is
1: it? Well, exactly. I,
0: well, actually, uh, with the PS3, it was ten quid for the remote.
2: This is true, but if you remember, the PS2 remote was frighteningly expensive, <laughs> and it used up one of your memory card slots. From if I'm, if unless my memory fails me, which is Right, I,
0: I, I didn't have a PS2 for um for DVD.
2: But um, yeah, I I never bought a PS2 remote, so I was there with the controller going, no, not that button. <laughs> oh, I've come back to the start of the film.
1: Bah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm I'm a bit surprised with the pricing on the on the remote, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it does seem a little bit steep, that because it's nothing special, is it? Yeah, yeah.
1: It looks nice enough, but it's yeah, it's just a standard Android TV remote setup, uh, small and simple. So uh, yeah, I find it a bit odd.
0: Bit like Steve, small. Bit and like Steve, small, small and simple, simple and <laughs> <odd>. <laughs> Um, If it's me, I think at the minute, um, I think the Fire TV
2: would do everything I, I need.
1: What about the 24p support though? We don't know that on the Fire TV, and we know that.
2: Well, we'll. we'll, we'll That's why wait I'm see. waiting for your in depth, well researched, and beautifully comprehensive
0: it, review. He's only been researching it since 2009.
1: <laughs> since I first heard a rumour. I've been itching for this one. I don't, I'm really quite excited. You might want to get that looked at if you've been itching since 2009. <laughs> <laughs> I have a get eczema. <laughs>
0: Um, so the big story two weeks ago Ed in the car industry was VW being <laughs> rather naughty and rather dishonest with their defeat devices um, when it came to emissions testing yes um, that was a, a, a big story created a hell of a lot of interest on the net lots of clicks and a lot of click baited and so on so uh, I, I guess it wasn't any surprise that the Guardian um, somebody at the Guardian thought oh what else could we look at to try and get clicks and came up with the Samsung story which uh, hit last week which was a bit of a non-story really
2: yeah it it's not quite the same thing is it um no it's definitely not it's right no, it, it, it's, it's, ra- it's rather oh, oh it, it's it, it lives or die, dies on the small print doesn't it uh in the same way that um this is more this is less of an emissions cheat as the same way as when a car has its you know, it's stated fuel economy tested. They don't drive it up and down a one in three slope in second <laughs> gear. You know, it's as simple as that. You don't you do incredibly gentle arcs at fifty six miles an hour. Yes, of course, you're gonna if you're gonna do an energy test, you're gonna do it in, in, in the most efficient mode of the television. In the same way that my A rated washing machine presumably didn't earn that whilst it was doing a boil wash. It's, it's just, yeah, standard click gash. Okay, so
0: bring everybody up to speed, Mark, with this story.
1: Okay, so, yeah, The Guardian published um, some findings of, of a report uh, from Compliant TV, which is a an organisation partly funded, but not part of, the European Commission's Intelligent Energy Europe body, whatever they are, and... Um, And they're obviously the people who are are responsible for um, sanctioning TVs, energy measurements and what have you. Um, And basically compliant, although this report is not even published yet, so we'll have to wait and see exactly what it says, um, has accused Samsung of um, detecting their uh, energy test, which is a 10 minute sequence of video of various speeds of movement and brightness levels. Uh, with an average picture level of 34, um, and the whole crux of it is that they think the motion lighting control on Samsung is a non-out-of-the-box setting. Um, so they switched it off to do their measurements, and lo and behold, they found that the TV was consuming more energy than in normal use than it did with their test. But of course, it did. <laughs> you, you turned off a function that helps save energy, which is on by default. Let me let let's us. Uh, let us stress that because Samsung aren't hiding anything. The setting's there for everyone to turn on and off should they wish, but it is, for a fact, on as it comes out of the box. And yeah. compliant TV turned it off for the testing, so it seems a slightly strange shifting of the goalposts by compliant <laughs> um, to, to, to to even you know state this. So it's yeah, I just, it's complete nonsense.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course it is. I mean, you know, the same bodies which basically killed plasma off as well because of the you know the amount of power that was being used and, and wasn't efficient enough and so on yet you know the power figures that you, you always used to get in the back of plasmas those were maximums and you very rarely hit a maximum no, and, yeah. and
1: strangely this I looked at um, the report that this originated from um, the story originated from it's a hundred page PDF document of mammoth boringness um, but there's there was 14 pages dedicated to plasma tv and and that backs in a lot of graphs that back up what you're saying there phil and then but it it was done in 2014 by by which time they'd already killed off the plasma tv industry so you know what was the point in that
0: well i mean from our point of view we'd always tell people switch eco off if you want the best in picture quality it 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 takes a, a certain amount of energy for the panels and we're talking about led lcd tvs here for them to produce a half decent image and we'd always go picture quality first before energy saving. Um and, and looking at somebody like Ed who's probably got, you know, amplifiers running and, and all sorts of yeah. um I I take it energy consumption is not a big thing for you, Ed.
2: Let's you I, I don't know. You see I I generally just turn everything off when it's not running. Uh even the name stuff, which you can only turn off at the back panel because I don't believe in button <laughs> controls. Um, I think the, the only things that, that generally run all the time in this house are, are the routers and, and NAS drives. Um, because obviously they have sort of constant pickup, but I, I actually, um, always sort of confuse people on this. I'm, I'm kind of a bit up on sort of energy conservation and things so i and i i don't believe in essentially warm-up times with the with the noble exception of valve amplifiers which i don't own one permanently um i find the, the amount of time between something turning on and sounding as it's supposed to sound is never more than about five or six minutes and that's that's something with a really big power supply for stuff with smaller power supplies it's it's
0: A couple of seconds yeah i I used to run a crt projector on my ceiling the amount of juice that that thing took and Mm. you had to leave that for 30 minutes to warm up then you had to check the convergence before you did anything you know it it wasn't a case of switching on sitting down and watching a watching a movie you know there was there was a a whole routine that you had to go through um and you know the older power amps i mean the amount of energy we used to use used to use compared to now um and yet they're complaining about a Samsung TV, which I think maximum mark would be about 130 watts anyway in the brightest yeah. setting. Yeah, it would be. Compared to 400 on a plasma.
2: Yeah. It's, what it's, were old CRT nice. tellies like? I can never remember. I mean, they used to be significantly high voltage. I mean, you didn't want to go anywhere near the tube. But like that, I don't. what, what was the sort of go-to consumption on some of the last sort of widescreen CRTs? That must have been fairly high.
1: Yeah, I can. You can you've got to imagine that it's a, a damn sight higher than an LED TV.
2: Oh, of course, my fridge runs all the time on account of it being <laughs> the fridge.
1: And full of beer.
2: No, actually, um, whilst I, as I uh, mentioned... Well, well, no, well, no, it's a I'm Monday, so it won't be full of beer I'm a mild hangover at the moment,
1: Um <laughs> it was my wedding anniversary. You're not doing stop-toper? <laughs> Am I
2: bollocks? No, I, I'm, not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not drinking in the week. Um, it's very big of it. Well, yeah, I know. It's, 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 a, it's a fairly significant sacrifice. But no, I, there is no beer in the house. Well, there's, there's beer in the downstairs loo,
1: sort of the... Secret stuff. stash
2: in the system. <laughs> no, just, just all of the sort of brown beers that need to be stored at room temperature living in the downstairs, Lou. I'm in a good place with it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of
0: th- thought you would uh, have a hangover seeing all the trophy points appear on my Twitter feed last week. Uh, actually,
2: night. no, I was checking. I was um, actually, I'd, I hadn't updated that for ages, so I was just putting stuff in. Because <laughs> yeah, my normal yeah, yeah. phone's off for repair, so I was just... Um, Putting in old entries, I didn't consume them all in the space of three and a half minutes, Phil. I mean, I probably could, but no, I didn't.
0: Um, anyway, so wrapping up on this Samsung, the whole energy thing. There, there wasn't just Samsung. Was there? I, I don't know how they got named in this, Mark, because it it wasn't because in-
1: they're the biggest TV manufacturer. That was that was another thing in the story. It, it said Samsung Guardians wording something to the effect of Samsung TV. Samsung weren't named in this report. Yeah, one of the guys from Compliant TV mentioned them in an interview, so maybe, maybe that's why. But yeah, it's doubtful that they're, they're the only ones who have these energy saving features on by default. That well, the well, Compliant TV won't regard as out of box setting.
0: Well, I, th- I think uh, we can genuinely say that that normally is the case when you take it out and you put it in home mode. You have to go and switch all the eco stuff off. Yep.
1: Yeah. I think that's always the case these days.
0: Yep. The okay. Case. So a bit of a non-story that one. Very much a non-story. So let's move it from uh, vision to sound and um, we're not going to do movies this week because Steve's not around, Uh, we don't know what's at the cinema, but we want to do things a little bit differently this week because we're going to have a break next week so we're going to do a little bit more audio focused and I guess the first thing that I want to ask you Ed, because it's something that, that gets mentioned all the time and I've had speaker manufacturers even tell me this, a speaker is a speaker so it'll work well for movies as well as music. Discuss.
2: I think there. Don't get me wrong. Ultimately, you are seeking to produce, uh, reproduce uh, a sound, a sound wave as it is produced and and sent to the loudspeaker. It doesn't really matter whether that's music or dialogue effects, so on and so forth. You're, see, you're just seeking to 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 do this as accurately as possible. So. On a base sort of engineering level, yeah, I, I, there is some 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 mileage in that, and there are undoubtedly some some loudspeakers which are just peerless at doing almost en- anything that you could ask for them. I think where it gets complicated is the different demands that an AV system places on a loudspeaker in terms of the material it's being fed in the first place. there the, there is a more credible argument for you looking to either split those roles and responsibilities or come down and decide on on which side of the fence you want to fall. Um, I mean, it's little things. Like, if you... I mean, I, I have to be honest, with a reasonable... Subwoofer, and doesn't necessarily have to be a particularly expensive one. In my experience, I mean that that BK I reviewed recently is less than four hundred pounds, and I feel there's more than up to the task of doing this. Even if I were in possession of a set of full range loudspeakers, I'd probably still dial in a physical limit to their low end and and, and hand over everything to 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 the subwoofer. Um, and with that in mind. Um, you, I mean, whereas I would definitely be looking for something that is as near as damn it, a full range speaker for music, because I'm not a big fan of 2.1, I have no such qualms about using a, a, sm- a much smaller speaker for AV and, and handing over to a dedicated sub.
0: Now, you so, see, see, I find that strange because you, I, I, you know, looking at your music tastes and some of your playlists and stuff, there's a lot of dance music in there, Ed, yeah. where I would have thought, you know, a good extension with a good good fast subwoofer is what you're looking for.
2: Yeah, except the problem is that I kind of spoiled everything for myself by some years ago the speakers that I now own and use all the time, a pair of neat momentums, they were sent to me as part of a complete system for a review. And it was unfortunate, but and I I think as reviewers we may we may all have had a moment of this. It's a sudden nagging realization that there is no way that you can Send, well you might have to send the review samples back but there's no way you can't not have that in your life after that point and so it was for me with those speakers there is uh, you know i've I listened to plenty of subwoofers the only one that just had the same absolute stop start accuracy as those neat speakers was the eclipse unit which was five grand so it, it's weird it's desperately subjective and it in no small part also i can I will freely concede this down to my room where for the most part now subs have to be at the back of the room rather than the front so there is always slight i mean i know all the comments about omnidirectional behavior and the like but that it's now um it's not anything like as uh as as I just find that I I'm not on axis, and it just doesn't sound sound right as opposed well, you, to having you're, you're two have, speakers in the right place.
0: You're obviously having some issues with directional uh, effects there within the room. Which I well, guess this is you true. I mean, it,
2: this is one one of the reasons in reviews, um, I get particularly keen on any subwoofer that has a fully variable phase control. That's Ideal for me because it's not a simple case of it either being at naught or 180 degrees of phase. For where the, the the general subposition is, you're actually looking for something not exactly between those two points, somewhere just sort of past a sort of 90 degree phase shift. So yeah, that that's ideal, but it's still it's still just not the same as having uh, two points of sound which are towed in to produce a sync, you know, a a. a, syn- a a stereo image, and everything's coming from that image. Rem- I mean, it's interesting because when I joined the forums a million years ago, um, the package I was using downstairs was the uh, more than short THX pack, the THX 500 series. Oh, yeah, and they had active that. subs built into the bottom of the front towers. And actually, that... Or it Whilst... You lost out on absolute depth, just the way the cabinet was. They would they would never go unbelievably low. It did, for the most part, solve that issue for me, and I was never never so bothered with those. But I've, I've never been not had anything that replicates that setup since.
0: This is one of these things, uh, and and like I say, I mean, I've I've had manufacturers, you know, telling me, you know, how does a speaker know it's a a hi-fi speaker or a home cinema speaker and so on. But there are speakers that are designed for each role. And I'm I'm thinking here specifically about, like you mentioned, THX certified speaker packages. Well, a lot of those, you know, under the old THX package uh, was all about dispersion characteristics from the main speakers, which sometimes made it very difficult because of the way they're designed to get a a, a proper two-channel stereo image from them. They were very, very difficult to get a good stereo image from because of the way the dispersion characteristics worked where the speakers tried not to send uh, sound reflections to the ceiling and the floor, for example, um, to cut down on reflections and and reflected sound. sounds great with movies because a lot of these speakers, and I'm thinking packages like the... um, XTZs or the M&Ks recently that I looked at, mm. Substat systems. The sound I would describe, and it's a sound that I like personally, and that's a studio, natural, you hear everything. A, a very neutral speaker, a very uh, something that doesn't add any warmth or, or any coloration to the sound whatsoever. It, what's recorded is, is what you get back. Mm. Genelec sound, for example. M&K sound like that. The XTZs, they have a little bit of warmth to them. But, but very much so. And, and the reason that they work so well for movies is because it's so crisp, so clear, um, the attacks there. So when you get things like somebody unloading a clip through a 9mm, you hear the tinkle of of the, uh, you know, the casings as they hit the floor. It has that, that ping. That it, and, and where these speakers sometimes fall down with music reproduction is when you get to those kind of frequency levels and say it's a female voice, it gets very sibilant. Um, so the thing that I've noticed, Ed, and and you can either back me up or, or tell me I'm talking rubbish that is, I tend to notice that the speakers that are designed for music playback, they have a roll-off at the very high end and usually a roll-off at the bottom end, which makes them very neutral. And when I say neutral, it's not in the studio sense. It's in the sense that they'll sound good with any crap that you put through them, basically. They'll have a certain performance level.
2: Well, there are undoubtedly speakers on the market that do that um, I've got a pair of audio now, now speakers which rather more by the nature of how they're designed um, they're just the physical construction of them uh, do have def- definite roll off but I would I would say that, that, that it's increasingly uncommon in terms of anything above sort of absolute budget level to find stuff where there's a significant certainly a significant treble roll off these days, that's that's fairly unusual. I um, mean, the last two pairs of stereo speakers to go through for AB forums, uh, the PMC Twenty Twenty One, and that review's already up, and then uh, done the KEF LS Fifty. That review will go up in the next next couple of weeks. Um, both of those. A very clear. Well, I mean, it's it. I, I confess that this is not based on an in-room measurement. It's based just on listening to them in in a room with which I'm in, in, in utterly familiar. Against other items, um, it didn't strike me that there was any any re- reduction in, in in the in their high-frequency output. They obviously have a reduction in their low-frequency output because both of them are, are bookshelf loudspeakers. Um, and uh, thankfully, the um practice of setting up bookshelf loudspeakers so they hit some sort of artificial low frequency point but that had nothing to do with there was a sort of massive gap until the rest of the output sort of stabilised again, that seems to have ended but the roll-off there is, is, is simply the laws of physics um, rather than, than a deliberate yeah, undertaking.
0: I, I guess the point I was trying to make is that that some of these and um, in quotes hi-fi speakers do roll off the high frequencies
2: some um, do um, and, and, but and I would argue that there's less and less of them um, but, but is, it's but more is, of a specific a specific sort of design undertaking these days
0: but is that because um, you know manufacturers are going for a sound for their product because um, I've heard it said a few times and sometimes you can pick the speaker out when you hear it um, there are some manufacturer speakers that sound a certain way they have a certain warmth, a certain sound to them
2: yeah but that's there there are other ways there's more than one way to uh, to skin a cat uh, to to quote the curious saying of my mother in this regard um you, some, something as simple as as the material that you make the tweeter out of it's going to one alter its output not hugely but at, at certain certain points in its frequency response it's going to it's going to have resonant points at different different points depending on what it's made out of how it's mounted so on and so forth um but i mean whilst it's it's a you know a glib and stereotype stereotypical thing to say that metal tweeters sound brighter there is inarguably something about the the difference between that and a, and a say a silk dome where if you actually measure their outputs you can it often it comes down to being you know nothing that you can really pick out in a, in a decibel sense but the 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 metal unit can often sound quite a lot sort of physically harder and and and, and more strident than than a well sorted soft dome and then um you know th- this is then replicated in in different materials to make uh the actual mid bass drivers out of i mean i would agree with you that there's a certain sound i mean the it, whether it's sort of reinforced by by voicing them as well but i i could could swear to you that under normal circumstances you could almost always pick out that sort of kevlar weave driver that Bose <laughs> and Walkman just such gonna a say
0: huge fan <laughs> <of>. <laughs> just I was going to say that beundup is i can tell beundw is I owned a pair for a long 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 time and it's just that sound i can pick it out in a room no problem um, <laughs> um but you see when i go you know if, if i was spec in a room where i was looking at designing a, a system or putting a system together nowadays um because it's it, it's quite movie heavy i would be going for a very neutral speaker something like an MK, something like an xtz um there's really dynamic um not a lot of warmth there not a lot of added uh manufacturedness sound or voiced in a certain way but Playing back exactly the what it should be playing back. Where do you stand when you when you're looking at speakers personally?
2: It's an odd one because I, I, there's a degree of contradiction because I I generally speaking am after a fair you know something which is fairly neutral by all accounts. But then I have to square that away with the fact that I then spent my own money on a pair of loudspeakers which is vo- they are voiced entirely by the subjective preference of the man who owns the company and his design team. (laughs) So whilst the result to me sounds pretty damn neutral, and then also when they've been compared against, you know, speakers where there is a huge amount more, you know, hard, hard science involved. I mean, let's face it, PMC have been firing lasers at their speakers in the last couple of years uh, for for some sort of hyper-accurate distortion measurement they do sound pretty much down the line so uh, i i i you know there is obviously a degree of contradiction but equally um, and the, this sort of came into the, the comments thread um, there are films with with soundtracks which are which are pretty poor but by and large they you know they they're, they're done to, done under certain conditions and that they they're pretty consistent music isn't like that and i couldn't have a system where I stopped listening to bits of my my own personal library because it was busy being torn to shreds. Uh, I mean, I'm relatively lucky. I don't have that many poor recordings in in my collection. but if you are a huge fan of you know the output of Trojan records, for example, uh, the, the, you know, there is, there's a hell of a number of great albums on the Trojan, the Trojan Records back catalogue, but there's rather less in the way of great recordings. So you're going to need to have a speaker which is intrinsically forgiving. Otherwise, you're just writing off your own music collection. And that's not... I mean, I'm sure that if we think... I mean, I... Sorry. If we think about it, I can't think of a Blu-ray soundtrack I've listened to that wasn't pretty, pretty good. Uh, I'm sure that there must be a Blu-ray. Oh yeah, I mean, d- there's there's
0: there's there's a few of them out there. But I guess the question is, do you want to hear it how it's supposed to be? Which uh, or, I don't or, think that's
2: a, so much of a problem with films. I, I would I would agree with you that that that's a, a fine way of doing it because the material, by and large, is amenable to to that happening. I would just counter that with with music, um, where there's a hell of a lot more older technology involved in mastering, and then there's been some fairly savage commercial restrictions on on how stuff has been mastered. Um, this is less important. So, so you, uh, sorry, this is this is a diff- The requirements are different.
0: So you'd be looking for a speaker that that, that that's basically going to cover up the cracks.
2: Is I couldn't have a speaker that simply rendered albums that I love unlistenable simply so lift high quality lift music sounded a bit better. That's just me. Well, I don't Actually, I don't think it's just me. I think there's quite a few of us that think that way. Um, but but, but yeah, it, is inter- that,
0: it is interesting, yeah. though, how we differ, yet we have a love for probably about the same type of music. Um, well, yes and no. I
2: mean, and so ironically, older, a lot of older electronics music, and older electronics music in particular, was was extremely well-mastered and well-recorded. Um, for me, I mean, problem areas of, of, of music, sort of my music collection is much more if you've got albums America I mean anything that was done by any sort of american rock act towards the tail end of the 90s start of the 2000s will have been compressed to buggery yep um i mean where i really like an album i will often try and uh, if I bought it on CD and I've liked it, I'll I'll often see if I can hunt down a vinyl copy simply because of the, it, it can't be cut as hot, so often it, it's better behaved. But equally, you've just got to sort of grin and bear it. Those those albums are are you know they're, they're not I'm not going to stop listening to them. Um, so yeah, I I need to be able to accommodate them. Ironically, yeah, I was saying earlier, you mean most most electronics albums. I mean there are some noble exceptions. Aren't, aren't bad at all actually you could you could get by with pretty revealing bits of equipment
0: yeah well that's just the sound i'm used to and i'm used to using a sub with everything so even the general x here on the editing system there's a Velodyne sub on the end of them um in the cinema room there's four subs running and i'll do that for music as well because it's um to me that's a full range system you know well, we, it also, covers everything.
2: we just you know we we, we get familiar with, with with a certain way that things things go I mean, one of the more interesting sort of ones for um, uh, home audio is I am quite happy to tolerate a less sensitive loudspeaker because by and large, the amplifiers that I like have reasonable power outputs and plenty of current delivery. So that's fine. Whereas a a very large number of my friends are huge advocates of very, very sensitive loudspeakers and much, much lower powered amplifiers. And there is there is a there is there is certainly something to that presentation. I mean, it's incredibly immediate, and there, there is you know I can see see why why it's um, you know it's popular. I just prefer the sort of more heavily damped, proper sort of grip that you get with reasonable solid state output and slightly less sensitive speakers.
0: Yeah, and of course you know when we come when it comes to audio it's it's different to video video it has standards written down and standards are there everything can comply with that and you'll get the same performance or you should get the same repeatable performance when it comes to music uh, music's very personal uh, very mm. very personal more personal i would say than film it, it, it almost like comedy you know it's it's very personal to you what you like what you dislike uh, and i would say the same uh, about audio you know that that's why there is no there are standards there that say your speaker should be at this height and blah blah blah, and blah. but when it comes to actual standards that recording studios would follow through. Well, none of them do it the same, you know, no. <laughs> none, none of them at all. I mean, the ones I've been in, I've been in Abbey Road Studios um, a number of times. I've been at Air Studios a number of times and a few other studios. Um, they're running wire with the microphones. You know, what I mean, it's there's none of this expense or, or, you know, a lot of the mixing desks are from the 1950s and 60s that they're using and they're using them because they have a certain sound. Yes, that they can't get with modern day mixing desks and so on. It's it's why they keep these things, and and it becomes very very subjective and very personal. And I guess this this is where it feeds into the forums because it makes the forums really interesting because you can have these discussions. You know, like I say, we like more or less the same type of music. Yeah, I will always run a subwoofer in mass system, even if it was in stereo. In a couple of bits, I would have a sub. I'd have a two point one system always. That's the way I would run it. You would do it differently, and and. Yeah. And this is where you get your personal taste and your subjectiveness and and all the rest of it. And it's a shame that, you know, and I think Mark, you'll agree because you do a lot of these soundbar reviews. And there's some soundbars out there that are really good, but you're paying quite a bit of money for them. Whereas at the end of the day, if you went out and bought a pair of speakers to use as monitors with your TV, you get better stereo separation and you're going to get better sound quality.
1: Yeah, I mean, I probably get like a scratch record at the end of the soundbar review saying, look, do you know if you go and spend 300 quid on a pair of active stereo speakers, you'll get a much better performance than 300 quid on a soundbar. But it's true. I mean, I ended up buying, going back to Ed's point, I ended up buying um, a pair of uh, little desktop speakers that were review samples cause, purely because I love them so much. Um, and I've never bought a soundbar, so I might tell you something. Um, and another, I think another point, appropriate to your discussion I've just been listening to um, <laughs> <laughs> it would be I probably tend to listen a bit harder when it's music tend to be a bit more critical it's a bit more of a solitary non-distracted event on those occasions well where let's
2: face it with film you have you know, there are very few circumstances where you're not concentrating as much on but, the image well
0: the, the whole point of film is if it's done correctly and, and the soundtrack is done correctly you don't notice it yeah you're taken into the experience. And, and anything that stands out and is noticeable takes you out of the experience. Um, so for film, definitely, that, that's, that's... But music's different, you know. Music. Well, it different. is and yeah. it isn't.
2: You do get... Um, one, of the, one of the things that immediately signifies if I quite like something is when I get to the end of doing... Everything that comes in, by and large, will go through before... Obviously, listening to continue... It. Well, not just that. Once, once I'm content that it's going to sound as it's going to sound for the rest of the time, there, I'll spend about two hours, and it's not a fixed catalogue of music that I go through, but it's it's from a a a defined set of bits and bobs. Um,
0: <laughs> so it's not Thomas the
2: Tank Engine's. Greatest it's not stuff. Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the set, one of the things that immediately determines if something's pretty damn good is that after two hours, if there's not much in the way of listening notes, that's a very good sign. Because I haven't yeah. taken myself back to the business of critically analysing it. I've just sat there going, "Yeah, that's pretty good." Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get. I. I get that from time to time. Um, the last thing that did that um was the um uh the the hilarious 10,000 pound record player that I was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Obviously you would expect it to be pretty impressive for the not inconsequential asking price. But yeah, I I finished a a, a sort of 2-hour test run of bits and bobs and my notes could have been written on the back of a stamp basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It it was it I I it took me to whatever I happened to be playing at the time. It was a window into the music to do the stereotype, but it was fantastic. See, if that happens with me, Ed, asked that to panic because I've got nothing to write about. <laughs> yeah, <that was laughs> well, no, then, then you need to revisit. Having done that in that initial listening session, I'll then have to <laughs> come back. One, do you know one of the easiest ways I get round this is go back to... I mean, I I am fortunate enough, in, in full disclosure, that every month... Um, uh, a high-res music download site um, as part of being on the press list. You get four albums a month in, in high-res from these people. And by and large, it's a collection of staggeringly good recordings of music that I honestly couldn't in any way, shape or form get yeah. remotely excited about. So if I've been getting a bit lost in the moment with music with for which I am sort of, you know, fond of... The logical thing you have to do is step back and start using material which you're very familiar, but you couldn't get desperately excited about because that you can then detach yourself from what's actually going on and 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 start to work out what the piece of equipment is actually doing. I even own one or two records for the express purpose of doing this. I
0: guess what we're saying is it's personal, it's subjective, it's audio. That's what kind of expect. There are there are different speakers for different occasions. Uh, they are voiced differently. They are warm. Uh, you'll get some that just playback what's there in the recordings what do you like what is your uh, what, what's your opinion on this Um, what is it that you like from a, a set of speakers will you go probably like me or Steve right in the middle and have something which you know is going to give you exactly what you're looking for because it's it, it's so neutral and so unlike the video chain or are you quite partial to being W sound or do you have a favourite manufacturer because you like the way that the speakers are voiced or so on Give us your opinions. Let us know what you think. And I, I guess Ed, we're we're kind of looking at where we're going to take the reviews for the next twelve months. So, to, yeah, to give yeah. us some ideas of what you want us to have a look at um, when it comes to speakers, when it comes to audio, you know, what what are the big burning questions for you? What are the the brands that you want to know more about and want to know more about the products? Leave everything um, in the feedback section underneath this podcast in the podcast forum, um, or uh, you can. Tweet us at, at AV forums, and and let us know. And we'll come back to this one in a few weeks, and and hopefully we'll answer some questions and have a look at um, where we can take this subject. We're gonna have a quick break, and we'll be back in a second. <laughs> Now normally we go to movie news on this section of the podcast but this week we're going to do things slightly different because Steve's not here he hasn't been to the cinema and we don't have any reviews lined up of films so instead I I wanted to hand it over to Ed because one thing we haven't done on the podcast Ed is actually we talk about music we talk about two channel we talk about streaming and so on um, but what we don't talk about is where are the best sources for for music if you're your love is music and you want to stream or you want to download and so on. So I guess you're the biggest audiophile on on this podcast, we are the only one this week. Um, (laughs) uh, So where do you go, uh, apart from being drunk and on eBay and buying vinyl, where do you source your music from and and where do you think are the best places to collate your music?
2: In terms of, essentially, uh, for me, there are three main locations where I buy physical media from. Um, It's not an absolute, but... I would say the between these three sites, they account for well over 90% of what I buy. You did mention eBay. eBay is one of those, although eBay has been on a downward trend for me in terms of material I bought from them. Um, and I believe the reason for that is because of the site I'm now going to say um, as well as the second of the three, and that's Discogs, um, which is just an online music marketplace and it really has um taken i would say it's taken a large chunk of of ebay's sort of thunder in this regard because um it's easier for them to update uh, uh, for a, an independent store to update mold you know basically have their entire catalog listed on discogs without listings time expiring or anything like that um and tr- for all physical media, not simply vinyl, for, for CD, um, if you're going a bit mad and buying cassettes or you suddenly feel sentimental to try and chase a, a long-lost album down on disc, Discogs is the place to do it. Um, you can search in pretty much any field that you need, either art, you can search for a specific album, search for a specific artist, record label, or you can just bring up the inventory of a particular shop that that uses it as a, as a sales point. Um, and it's a brilliant spread between, there's plenty of new material, as in un, unused brand new material, and obviously a huge back catalogue of, of used CDs and, and, and vinyl on it as well. Uh, functions by PayPal. Um, and by and large, it works extremely well. Mainly, there's a nature, I don't know why, it makes a difference because let's face it, the eBay feedback rating is the eBay feedback rating. But it just seems that companies are less willing to, to, to take any risks with their reputation on Discogs. Um, and it. I have to be honest, um, every single transaction I've done on it has been, been absolutely flawless. Um, so I wholeheartedly recommend it, not simply if you're into anal- analog. It's absolutely brilliant for CD as well. Uh, and then finally, um, you know, boo, hiss, etc. But yeah, Amazon has got everything. And because I've accidentally signed up for a year of Prime membership, it turns up the <laughs> following day as well. So, you know, it. in all seriousness, if you're after a piece of new release material and, you know, you are either content or resigned or you know, unconcerned about whether we feel Amazon is busy destroying everything or not. Or avoiding tax obligations, whatever. Amazon has got absolutely everything, um, and you know it's going to turn up. You know if there's a problem, they're going to sort of sort it out straight away. So those three sites do for my physical media requirements are, are 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 pretty much pretty much the whole whole deal. But I mean, if you'd asked me that eighteen months ago, eBay and Amazon would be tying at the top with Discogs occasionally sorting me a rare purchase yeah. over the last year and a half Discogs has just powered away it is a truly phenomenal site and they have as a side requirement, a mission statement much like IMDB which originally started as a crude list of fit actresses has become an absolutely extraordinary reference Discogs has the stated aim of logging every commercially released piece of music that there has ever been excellent that, that's so, something
0: i'm it, gonna have to have a look at because I, um there's uh, the last cd i bought which would have been 18 months ago was back to the future uh soundtrack but it was one that had never been released you yeah. know it's the original stuff that and it was such a, a a small print run as well um i think i paid 30 something pounds for it but i really wanted it you know what i mean the, yeah. and that's the type of thing that i will if, if it's physical media i will buy Um, definitely original soundtracks that are very very hard to get hold of or have had really short or really Mm. small runs Um, so you reckon Discogs is the site to do that it's absolutely
2: perfect for that the other thing that Discogs does do as well um, uh, it will bring you can see reasonably comprehensive data on how much people have been paying for the specific album that you're looking at over the last 12 months or so, you can see highest, lowest, median, and and get a handle, a rough handle on how many have been sold. And that's quite handy as well, because there are times, specifically with albums like you're talking about there, which are quite rare, where it may be that at any one time, there's only sort of one item for sale. And when there's only one of them, the price is set basically by someone just sticking their finger in the wind and going, you oh, know, that might work. Um, so it's it's much, much more useful to see what did the last person pay for a copy of this? Um, because it's quite possible, and it, it, it cuts both ways for sellers as well, it's quite possible that someone might have overpaid for the last time, um, and you aren't going to get that again. Equally, if there's a firm pattern emerging after you know 30 or 40 sales, that should be what you should be paying when you take condition into account as well.
0: Okay, so that's physical formats um let's have a look at streaming so um in your opinion um because i've been using some streaming services so we'll see how we compare here um which ones would you recommend
2: um i still believe if you um you you, you have some you know some interest in the, in the quality of what you're listening to that tidal is the best um but you, you are paying handsomely for the privilege um for convenience and cross-board compatibility spotify and then after that for me it's just everyone else you you know it it may be that via you you get a a good subscription deal through you know it's uh, like a a number of times You know, for example, I mean, in this case, it's Spotify, but that's bundled with time subscriptions and so on and so forth. So, if you get a screaming good deal for another service offered to you, they are all pretty much of a muchness. So, I'd say Tidal has a qualitative advantage and Spotify has this massive compatibility advantage, but they're all pulling from almost identical libraries. And the difference in the compressed sound formats is not night and day. Yep. So really, it comes down to whichever one you've you've got a cracking deal on. But I, I do find the fact that Spotify works across so many different things now to be very very useful.
1: I mean, I would have got rid of it for title, but there's just not so many devices it's supported on. So no, I, I keep my Spotify subscription for that reason. Um, yeah, because I mean, you can't it's, be asked cancelling it. <laughs> I've just forgotten.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I say I've given Spotify quite a lot of money over the over the years. But I mean, Tidal's getting there. Into I mean, they they are clearly on a compatibility drive. I mean, my name streamer, as and when I can be bothered to update the firmware, will now support Tidal natively. Um, and they do seem to be on a charm offensive across lots and lots of different devices. So they they do have ambitions in this regard. It's interesting that that's Tidal's route to 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 growing their subscription base. The French service Cobuz, which is also lossless. They don't seem to be as interested in getting onto other pieces of platform. But equally, where Cobuzz really comes into its own is the, is the download store that's attached to it. It's probably the best collection of lossless material you, you can choose from in the UK. It's absolutely absolutely brilliant and not unreasonably priced, if I'm honest, as well.
0: So, how does Cobuzz work? It is that free, but you pay, subscri- you pay for your download?
2: Cobuzz is, is, is subscription only. It's exactly the same. It's lossless. It's exactly the same as Tidal. It's um, 20 quid for the lossless service or less for the compressed version. But then, completely set, you can download, like you could download the Spotify or the Tidal desktop apps. Uh, there's a Cobuzz one as well. But equally, if you just go to the Cobuzz website, you can then buy a large amount of the music as a physical down as, 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 as something that you then you own and can be used in whichever way you see fit. And that can be bought at various compression levels between MP3 and then all the way up to, in, in the case of quite a few albums, uh, a high res version. Cool. So if you want, to, I mean, for example, because it's, a, I mean, obviously most people have bought the album already if they wanted to, but the last Daft Punk album, Random Access Memories, they've got the 2488.2 kilohertz version of that as a as a something you can buy and that does sound bloody marvelous so it's it's quite quite an interesting option to have and it's no no more painful than buying anything off amazon really and with the added advantage that as soon as you've paid your money your download starts and depending on the speed of your internet connection the album will be with you inside of well rarely more than 10 minutes
0: it's funny that we're having this conversation um guys and none of us have mentioned apple yet who if you think back were probably the company that kind of pushed all this on with the original Mm. itunes and so on yet we're not mentioning them here for some strange reason
2: i i mean i I think every uh, uh, at some stage or another almost anyone everyone's bought something on itunes i bought uh two specific tracks to uh, for my wedding day so they could, just were available on you know various devices to do 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 background music but that, that's the only thing i've bought i don't in- i don't like paying out to buy compressed music and then apple music um of us unless hodge is about to spring a surprise on it, uh i thought withers was the only person of us that had actually um gone in for the free trial and i actually i i pinged him on skype uh, when earlier earlier on, when the three-month subscription free, free trial period for Apple Music is at an end now, so if you haven't cancelled, you will now start to pay for it. Um, what was interesting is that Steve is the only person I've spoken to who's retaining his sub. Everyone else, another seven or eight people I've spoken to, are all just knocking it on the head. Most of them are going back to Spotify I think I can convince one of them to at least give Tidal a whirl, but they're not staying with Apple Music. And it would appear that the iTunesy sort of interface that Apple Music uses, I mean, I, I, there is no, nothing you could do to persuade me to install iTunes on this PC. No, so I've done
1: it, that this week. I've had to because my daughter's getting a, an iPod for a birthday, and I, I tell you, it's never run so badly. It's shocking on Friday. I've got to uninstall it and put it on a dedicated machine. It's that bad. It's terrible.
2: Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I'm mean, i I'm fully aware that it works better on Macs, as you would <laughs> bloody hope it would. Mm. Um, but uh, one of the things I like, um, both Tidal and Spotify have got very well sorted desktop browsers, desktop apps. Um, and if Apple Music is sort of tying itself to a piece of software which by the nature of how it's evolved and all the different things it has to do is just not a particularly great piece of music management software then i'm, I'm afraid i'm just not i'm not going to play and i'm, I'm certainly not going to hand them any money for it
0: okay so we've covered physical we've covered streaming um okay to wrap up ed um we're going to hand the baton to you uh give us two recent releases that people must go and listen to because you think they're absolutely brilliant.
2: Ooh, uh, the new Churches album. That's yeah, Churches or, with well, a V. Done that for some reason. Yeah, a, a cracking album. Really enjoyed uh, that. The first album was was blinding. This new album is 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 wonderful as well. Uh, it's Every Open Eye, I believe is what it, what it's called. Uh, I actually haven't got around to o- ordering my copy yet. I was going to wait until I'd finished one enormous credit card bill and then kick another one into life. And then after that... Hmm, hold on a second. Let me bring up... What have I bought recently that was... Uh, I have to be honest, I received... Uh, as part of that high-res site I was speaking to earlier uh, there's the new Dave Gilmore one Rattle That Lock but I didn't get in any way excited about that I'm sorry it's, <laughs> it, it really is the very definition of dad rock if you want to buy a Dave Gilmore album um, I accidentally because I was I had to listen to it on Spotify um, I got listening to Dave Gilmore's first ever solo album which was done in ni- 1977 and it's imaginatively called David Gilmore and um, but that's really good. So if you're going to buy one of them, just go and buy that one because it will cost you less money as well. And Dave Gilmore still gets paid; everyone's a winner. So with that in mind, we'll ignore that. The other album I've been listening to, and I've got to admit it's a bit of a grower, is the new uh, New Order album. They are still at it, and it's it it's pretty good actually. It's called Music Complete, and I've been enjoying that. That's it's got some proper New Ordery moments to it, um, and it's a lot of fun to listen to so I'm actually umming and ahring whether to buy that on vinyl, I've got the, I will be ordering the Church's one on on on, 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 on analog because I'm sad and I've got the other one on vinyl so you might as well have a, have a matching set one last thing, I, I had some beer over the weekend um, anyone that used to play the Wipeout games on the Playstation the anti-gravity things yeah. um, a lot of the soundtracks for that were done by uh, a bloke I can't remember his name, but he recorded under the name of Cold Storage. And um, brilliantly, he was persuaded to tidy them all up, remaster them, and you can download them, actually, mostly for free. If you go to a a website called Bandcamp, so that's bandcamp.com, and do a search (laughs) for Cold Storage, you can bring up all of these albums and you can download them for, for gratis and brilliantly, brilliantly nostalgic listening to those things. And actually, I mean, obviously Bandcamp is, is that's, that's something, maybe a discussion for another time, because for me, it's early days in Bandcamp's existence, but that is actually the future of music retail. And I think one of the discussions we'll have to have is whether it then has any mileage as a means of selling and distributing movies because it's the artist interacting directly with the general public.
0: Well, we'll have to come back to that conversation another day because that, sadly, is all the time we have for the podcast. We made it an hour, people. We made it. And, yeah. Yeah, Steve didn't even say a word. All I need to do is thank Mark Hodgkinson.
2: Fat
1: man walks alone.
0: And Ed Selly.
2: We mustn't dwell. No, not today. We can't. Not on Rex Manning Day.
0: And and this has been a very Ed-heavy podcast um but thank you very much ed <laughs> I've, I've actually learned some stuff today and you've yeah. me some ideas to go and buy some albums so thanks very much for that
2: <laughs> give us five stars love us unconditionally yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see you in two weeks time we'll,
0: i forgot to go and look today so apologies but if you've left us stars, we'll read your name out um not next week we're back again on the 21st of october and until then thanks for listening and we'll see you again very soon